Today is Wednesday, and I have a very special program planned for you today. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And as I said, welcome to the Wednesday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Now, in a regular week, you probably know that uh, Jim Calhoun generally fills in on Wednesday to give me a break. But this entire week, everything on the schedule was completely, well, upended when my surgery got postponed from Monday to this Friday. And so some of the programs that Jim produced to get me through, well, here, here's what, what's going to have to happen. We're going to save those for next week. And I'm going to be here this week and finish out the week with you. So there's a lot going on in the background. And so it may be a little confusing. We had all, you know, the best the best laid plans of mice and men. You've heard that expression before. And we worked so hard last week. I know Jim just worked into the late night hours trying to get me the audio files so I could get everything ready so that when my wife and I headed out Sunday afternoon, everything was done literally for the entire week except for Friday. And generally, I need I need about three days, and then I can probably, I can record again. But everything got upended. We got home Monday night. And so yesterday, I produced the program for, for Tuesday. And now I'm doing the one you're hearing now for Wednesday. And I've got to get everything done for the rest of the week, literally, by, by Thursday morning. So we're working as hard as we can to get everything done. And so some of the programs may seem a little bit dated next week, slightly, but there's still some great content worth your time. Been getting some nice letters, and uh, I want to thank you when you take the time to write me, whether by email. Yes, I do read the emails. And yes, I will keep my promise not to put you on an email list. If I ever want to do an email list, I will ask you and we will consider it at some point. But right now I have no particular need to do one. And, and I also appreciate privacy. The one thing that annoys me more than anything are unsolicited text and phone calls. I don't know how they get my cell phone number. And I've got an inbox, especially in my personal email, which I've been trying, it's the one I use. If I have to give out an email address for some purpose, I always give them the Gmail address. I call that my garbage mail. And that's where all that goes. And, but still, you know, I've got to clean it out. I just can't let it sit there. And so I, I go through hundreds upon hundreds of emails every day that I've got to delete. It is that bad. But the, list, but the emails I get from you make my day. The letters in the physical mail that I get mean more to me than you'll ever know. Had a guy write, I'm not going to read all of it. And he, he goes, dear Bob, may I call you that? Of course, that's my name. That's why I give it on the radio. Feel free to say, hey, Bob, or dear Bob. Uh, not a problem. I don't stand on my, quote, clerical or clergy titles at all. Not anymore. I don't. I just, it's not important. And, and this individual was talking about the, the 
broadcast we did last week at the end of the month of January, touching on some topics a lot of people don't want to touch. They want to just go with the whatever the narrative of the day is. And, and I just felt, no, I can't do that because it's being dishonest. And it's one of those rare times where you find Republicans and Democrats in this country agreeing, and that ought to scare anybody when they're in agreement. And the media is in agreement, whether it's leftist media or even to the right, or the so-called right. And, and I've got my issues with Fox News and Newsmax. They, they sometimes compromise their positions for income. There's no doubt in my mind about that. They've proven it many, many times. And so trying to get to the truth of any particular story is generally not as easy as we would like to think. And that letter continues with a, with a nice bunch of compliments, and it, me- it meant a lot to me, and so I thank you for that, for that letter. You know, one thing I, I can tell you is when people support this radio program, whether the gift is large or small, in God's economy, it always adds up. I, I've had income gifts as low as a dollar because that's all somebody could afford. It's the widow's might. And it comes at a time when God is blessing this ministry with many that are giving the $1 or the 5 or whatever the case may be. And it means a lot because I know times are not easy. I know. Believe me. My wife and I understand it. You know, we are not wealthy people. We may have a few assets that we've both acquired in our lifetimes. But it doesn't mean we're wealthy. It may help our retirement someday. Some of this. We'll see. If anything's worth anything at the rate things are going. Then he asked a question about another broadcaster. Does that individual do shortwave? No, I don't think so. There are a lot of ministries and a lot of programs that are news programs. And they are exclusively video, video only. Which is one of the reasons I seldom see many of these programs. I don't have the time to sit down staring at my phone or my computer screen to watch this stuff. I do a lot of reading and a lot of writing and a lot of preparation for this program. And once and, and I, I realize that when you do a program versus being a, a, a consumer of a program, it's a different world. You know, my one hour show, there's several hours involved in producing and getting one done. And then I, you know, like to spend a little time with my wife. I have other obligations in terms of ministry and looking forward into more church ministry as well. And so my time is limited in in what I can watch and consume. And if I can get it in written form, it's a lot easier for me. And so there are a lot of programs and a lot of them are also, I hate to say it, some are a bit too commercial for my liking. And I, you know, I, I've I debated at one point, do I want to have promo codes from some sponsor or have an advertiser or two? I've thought about it, and I'm still at this point not comfortable doing it because I want to be beholden only to you, the listeners, so I don't have an agenda to cover up or talk less about or more about a particular topic because of a sponsor. That's just the way I feel. 
and I hope you can understand where I'm coming from. Now, I've got a couple of quick stories that I want to share with you, and then I'm going to give you a few, a little bit of commentary and, and kind of show you how it all fits in to what is going on and also where I believe God is calling me personally and this ministry and other aspects of ministry. Now, this first story comes from our neighbors to the north in Canada. Oh, Canada, our home and native land. So according to this story, a student in Ontario, Canada, arrested and charged with trespassing this past Monday for trying to attend his Catholic high school. His name is Josh Alexander. He's a 16-year-old. He has not been permitted to attend St. Joseph's Catholic High School in Renfrew, Ontario since last November when he staged a single-sex bathroom protest because he expressed a belief that God created only two sexes, male and female, during a classroom discussion. Here's a little audio clip from a CTV, that's Canadian TV newscast. Grade 11 student Josh Alexander says he organized the protest. As a young man, I feel an obligation to take action against something like that. Um, I know there's a lot of misinformation posted online that this was the anti-trans rally. That's not the case. We just simply want male students removed from female washrooms. Transgender grade 11 student Emma Smith was biologically born a male and says she has faced backlash over her bathroom usage and feels unsafe at St. Joseph's. There are gender-neutral washrooms, which I have to use, but when they're in use, I, I just have to wait, which sucks. People should be able to use what washroom they want to use without fear of being hurt. In a statement, the Renfrew County Catholic District School Board said, it is important to note that St. Joseph's High School has had no part in the planning of this demonstration. We want to make it clear that the Renfrew County Catholic District School Board strongly condemns transphobia and all all forms of hate. Now, the fact that this happened at a Catholic high school in Canada only goes to show something that I mentioned yesterday, how even the United Nations and many governments around the world are trying to push all of this nonsense, LGBTQ, all of this reprobate nonsense, including transgenderism, they're trying to push it into religious institutions. In this case, and I'm not going to discuss Catholicism, I'm not, this is not my purpose today, but you would think that a so-called Catholic high school that has always taught about the sanctity of life and marriage between a man and a woman, this should be a no-brainer. But no, they have capitulated to the reprobate state on this one. In other words, they're doing whatever, whatever little Justin the reprobate Trudeau demands. He wants transgender bathrooms. Even the Christian schools or Catholic schools must obey. And this is what is coming quickly. This is coming a lot faster than I think a lot of you want to even believe. You can call it what you want. But what really is happening in this world today, there is a, a religion. You can call it Luciferianism for lack of a better term. 
And you're finding this dark religion, in essence, being practiced by the elites at the top of the food chain, so to speak. World Economic Forum, WHO, United Nations, even within certain political parties all over the world. And yeah, one right here in the United States seems to lean in their direction and fall in line at every demand. And you'll see this dark spirituality inspiring them to commit horrendous acts like war, pandemics, famine, poisoning of air, soil, and water, child trafficking, transgenderism. You can name a lot of the horror stories that have gone on, and it comes from this particular mindset. Call it Luciferianism, because I believe it is demonically and satanically inspired. We're seeing it right here in our own government, in our own country. You know, I I mentioned the story from Canada. Well, Joe Biden is pushing for the same thing in the United States, where Christian schools must obey. I pray the lawsuits being done to stop it are successful. This country barely has two years left. I think we have a little window of opportunity. That's what I want to mention right now before we go to our break early. We are in this world, but we are not of it. And too many people that I know that claim and profess to be Christians are too much into this world and everything else about this world, and they don't spend enough time, well, in God's word. We're citizens of a different world. We spend more time in politics, more time discussing secular issues and very little time discussing the things of God. And so, as I've been trying to explain yesterday, and I'll explain a little bit more, even though to, even though tomorrow's program was actually recorded this past weekend, I'm setting the stage for what's going to happen, God willing, and I, believe, I really believe it is. I said it back in August, there's a veil being pulled back. We're getting a little a little window of opportunity that may vanish very soon, where God is going to expose to people that have been on the fence a tremendous amount of truth. And like that old hymn I can remember, there comes a moment where everyone must decide. And we're coming to that moment. You will not be able to sit in the fence much longer. You're going you're to be either a sheep or a goat. And God is separating the sheep from the goats. We need to, as Christians, find other Christians that are like-minded to work together and pray together, even if we cannot find them in our own communities and towns. And God is... I'm going to use a word that I didn't expect to use, but it just hit me. God is demanding that I change the direction of the work that I do on his behalf, the work that he has called me to do. And I'll be sharing over the next several days, and sometime next week I'm going to be revealing some stuff on a website for those that want to go there, and I'll tell you a lot more about it. Putting it all together, just want to get through this week, need your prayers for Friday. Get through that surgery, get recouped, and then we're going to get on to the business that God has given us. Now, 
If you can support us, you can do it from the website, truththenumber2ponder.com. Truththenumber2ponder.com. We're going to be spinning up a lot of of things from this ministry to help you in your walk with Christ and to keep in fellowship. That's why we need your support. If you can make a check or a money order of any amount available to me, make it out to Ancient Word Radio. The mailing address is Post Office Box 510. Post Office Box 510. The city is Chilhowie, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chilhowie, Virginia. And the zip code in Chilhowie, Virginia is 24319. That is 24319. And we will be right back right after this. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. The Reverence of the Scribe. Shalom Alechem. This is Jonathan Kahn, the nice Jewish boy, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you'll get and love in a moment. The Bible has come down to us so accurately because of the hand of God and through the hands of many Jewish scribes. Generation after generation of Jewish scribes, they meticulously copied the word, every jot, every tittle. If they make one mistake, the whole scroll, remember it's in a scroll form, is deemed unkosher and they have to start all over again. And before they write the name of the Lord, the name of God on the scroll, they will bathe themselves. See the reverence they had and they hold for the word and the name of God. Now, if they do, how much more must we? Well, you've got the fullness of the new covenant in, in Messiah. Who ha- We have the fullness of the revelation. And it's amazing how often we treat the word carelessly. We sometimes bend it or we dilute it or soften it or compromise it to fit our, our own lives or what we want. Or we don't really follow it or we take it lightly or we take it for granted. Or we've gotten used to the fact that we have it. We don't really treasure it. You might have, we might have five Bibles and we don't read them, you know. But the scribes of Israel, without Messiah, treated the word so meticulously, so reverently, we need to do the same at the very least. Treat the word at least as reverently as the scribes of Israel. Treasure it. Cherish it. Don't bend it. Don't take it for granted. Follow it. Take it at full strength as something holy and sacred, a treasure in your life. See, the word is a treasure, but it only gives life to those who treasure it. Want more? Ask for Faithful on CD. Now, what if you could receive daily vitamins guaranteed to strengthen your spiritual walk with God, a six-month supply for free? Well, you can. Sapphire's daily spiritual vitamins for a victorious walk with God, updates on Israel and prophecy, the incredible mystery of the temple doors, additional on CD as your free gift. One of the most amazing things. How do you get it? Free? Easy. Just write down 1-800-YESHUA-1 and call it. For your free gifts, you will be blessed, but call now 1-800-YESHUA-1. Now, you can actually spread salvation around the world for very little through shortwave radio from the Arctic Circle to Israel. It's amazing. It's like sending a billion tracks around the world. We do it all the time, and it's the farthest way you'll ever touch the world, impact the world with your life for the gospel. How? Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1, Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or you can write me direct. Here's how. Let's write to the nice Jewish boy in box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. That's the nice Jewish boy in box 1111, Lodi. Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, and the zip is 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Khan saying, Shalom Aleichem, peace be to you, my friend, Messiah Hadavar, the Word of God. This is Truth to Ponder 
with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of our Wednesday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Now, in just a moment, I want to share something with you. It's something that I've shared a couple of times before over the past two and a half years, generally on one of the weekend editions. But I was thinking the other day about how things have changed so much in a short amount of time. We had many major issues in 2010, 2015, 2020, and yet we have this increasing rise of weirdness in the world. You know, it was not that many years ago, I think there were two transgender clinics in the United States. Now they're all over, in every state, literally. What's happened? Where did this come from? Is this demonic? We as Christians need to separate ourselves from the world. We need to be bound into our own communities. We are in this world, but not of this world. Now, 2016, I had an opportunity to preach a message at a church in Florida. And as I think about that message and what I had to say back then, it was about God finding us faithful in what he has called us to do. To not be of this world. Too many Christians are more invested in their politics, their political party, their careers. And church is something they put in a box. And we wonder why faith in Jesus Christ in our nation is dying rapidly. There's the Bible talks about a great falling away. People that once knew the truth don't know it anymore. And so this ministry is going to be changing focus. Sure, we're going to bring you many of the same news stories. But we have to find hope. We have to get into God's word. I need to add some airtime and additional programs to get that word out where we can have church together, so to speak. So let me take you back. 2016, I believe it was the month of October, when I shared this message to a small church in Florida. I hope it's a blessing for you. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. Can you believe that we've had this nice break in the weather? Yes. This is what Florida is really all about. This is why we're here. We're not here for June, July, August, and September. We are here from mid-October to what, May? And then it, after there we have to endure the summer. But I will admit one thing. I lived in Georgia for a number of years and also part of South Carolina, and it gets hotter in the summer there than it does here. Trust me on that. How often do we see temperatures over 100 here? I did in South Carolina all the time. And so, and the humidity also at 100% at the same time. So I can't complain too much about our summertime, though I can understand why people would rather be in Minnesota or 
Maine or Michigan or the Upper Peninsula. I get it. And uh, now I'm beginning to notice as we see more people in the stores and the restaurants, you know, that a lot of our, our friends are coming back here to the state of Florida. When I look at the lessons for today, there are several different themes that are running around between the Psalm, the Old Testament lesson, the epistle, and even the gospel. There are several little messages, but I'd like to take a moment to tie them all together, if I could. There is kind of a theme that runs through this, and the one line that stands out from the Old Testament lesson is actually the last verse of that lesson. And this is the prophet Jeremiah speaking as he says on God's behalf, For my people are foolish. They know me not. They are stupid children. They have no understanding. They are wise in doing evil. But how to do good, they know not. As I heard that again this morning, I read it earlier this week, and to hear the words being said, it really hits me about the human condition that we see in the world today, especially in the Western world. Those of us who are supposed to be better educated, better scientifically adjusted to the world, better in understanding our history and all the things we're supposed to have with the lifestyle we live. And then God to say these words through the prophet Jeremiah. My people are foolish. They know me not. They are stupid children. They have no understanding. They are wise in doing evil, but how to do good, they know not. Any one of us sitting here could probably think of a half a dozen examples within our own society today, whether it's in the news, whether it's in politics, whether it's in Hollywood, whether it's in entertainment, that fits the bill of that verse beautifully. My children are stupid. They don't even understand the difference between good and evil. Evil they do right, they do great. How do I put this? Look at the movies that are put out by Hollywood. It is almost a rush to the gutter in terms of the language that has to be used to get people to watch a movie. I don't remember that being the case when I was younger, but boy, starting in the 70s and 80s and 90s and now, it is a race to the gutter in language. My children are stupid. They know how to do evil, but they know nothing about good. Television shows. When I was younger, I could remember great television programs like The Carol Burnett Show. Even Dean Martin. I can remember the variety and the comedy shows of the day. Now, once again, we have to run, we're diving headfirst into the sewer. This is what we become. My children have mastered the art of evil, but they no longer know how to do good. 
I could go on for the next hour just giving example after example after example. You could take it into politics if you want. You could take it anywhere. We are seeing this example of a time that also St. Paul in writing to Timothy reminds him that in those those last days these times will come when people are lovers of themselves more than lovers of God and they will find their own teachers to tell them what they want to hear. And we've used that verse a number of times in just my short ministry here with this church, but it's so true that we are coming to an age, an age of narcissism like I've never seen in my life, this self-centeredness. I was looking at a posting that my granddaughter wrote on Facebook, kind of lamenting the fact that she and her husband had decided to leave Florida and go back to South Carolina where she had been raised as a youngster to be closer to some family and friends uh, who would be there to help in the raising of their children. And now that they're there, the others are so busy. They really, and she kind of laments, you know, why did we bother to make this move when all the promises are not kept? And I kind of wrote there, I said, is it a case of everybody's busyness in this day we live in, or is it a case of self-centeredness? And she wrote me back a private reply, self-centeredness. Now, I can tell you my granddaughter was not raised that way, and the biggest problem she has in life, she's very trusting, very open and very giving, and an excellent mother to her three children. Yeah, I got a granddaughter that's got three kids, so I've got great grandkids. But she is an. But you have to know how they were raised and their hearts and their minds, and it, it breaks her heart when she sees this world full of evil. I mean, she was raised, hate to say it, kind of sheltered, living across the street from her grandfather and grandmother. And so we saw them often. We were a very close-knit family for years. And I was privileged to perform their wedding a number of years ago, she and her husband. A little quick aside story. Sometimes young love does pay off. They knew each other in very difficult times when they were like 14. And they were 18 going on 19 when I did their wedding at the house. And they have been married now for a number of years, and I've never seen a couple so devoted to each other in everything that they do in the raising of their kids. They just knew at that tender young age, they just knew. And I watched that love, and I watched them kind of grow up together. And I finally said, you know, talking to her mother, my stepdaughter, I said, you know, Pam, I really think that they're ready to get married. You may think I'm crazy. And she goes, no, I have to agree. It's scary. It's scary because I'll be made a grandma probably pretty quick. I can remember her saying that. (laughs) And so a month later, very quiet private ceremony at the house with their friends. And they've been doing well ever since. And I'm very proud of them. It's nice to see occasionally some people getting it right, but when you look at our nation as a whole, the balance has tipped. I think there was a time, and I think we would agree on this, that maybe 30 years ago, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, we lived in a different mindset. 
We didn't live for evil. Even if we had evil in our, in our hearts, you know, you didn't parade it. You didn't celebrate it. You kind of kept it hidden. But now we've come so open that we celebrate our sin and we admonish righteousness. Let me say that again. I want that to sink in. We celebrate sin and we admonish righteousness. Our movies celebrate sin and they make the, the preacher or the person of faith look like the fool whenever they get a chance. Any chance to rub it into the face of Christians is done. We are coming into a time in this world, I fully believe, that the level of persecution for those that truly belong to the faith is going to increase. I remember something I read this week from a good friend of mine. He's a missionary. And he's recently had some health issues, and he's going to have to leave the place that he has called his home, he and his wife, for the last several years, a community called Gambella in Ethiopia, which is in the middle of nowhere, as he describes it. There's no way to get there from here. You have to go somewhere else to start kind of place. And I've watched over the last seven years as they took this piece of dirt in the middle of nowhere, and they have built buildings and a school and a college and you name it, they have done an incredible work out there. If you don't know, Ethiopia is going through a consistent, never-ending struggle in civil war. And for a while, I was concerned that I hadn't been seeing anything on Facebook from him at all. And suddenly, you know, he appeared because I knew he had talked about the health issues and he was going to probably have to do something new because he couldn't stay there because he'd be too far away from any kind of medical help that he might need going forward. Well, he writes that he is fine. He's uh, currently in Alexandria, Egypt, uh, with a couple of other clergy, and he's going to be doing some traveling and ending up back in the United States. But he pointed out before he goes, he'll be back in Gambella for about two weeks. And he said with the Ethiopian civil war, they have shut down all social media. So you can't even use Facebook to put a message out. You can't use Twitter. The government has just pulled the plug, which can be done very quickly. And that's one of the things that I've always been concerned about for Christians that have become very internet-centric. It's the first thing you can pull the plug on. You say the wrong thing, the plug can be pulled. Now, we are living, I believe, in this country on borrowed time in our freedom of using the internet. What is the internet used for in the United States today, percentage-wise? Do you have, I mean, I've done some research on this. What is the most, what takes the most bandwidth of anything on the internet in the United States today? Pornography. Pornography. 40% of all internet traffic in the United States has something to do with pornography. That's a lot of bandwidth. 40%. <coughs> It seems to survive because my people know how to do evil and they don't know about good. 
40% of internet traffic has something to do with pornography. How much has to do with Christian stuff? Very little by comparison. Yeah, a lot of Google searches out there, a lot of news, a lot of all the things that we do in Facebook. But that disturbing figure, and it's been that way for several years, that upwards of 40%. I mean, that is a scary thought that we are approaching half of the bandwidth used in the United States has something to do with pornography. I think that indicts us as a people before an almighty God. These are the things that I worry about day in and day out. They kind of consume me because I, I know that I'm called to speak God's truth. And I know that I'm living in a world that I'm watching change right before my very eyes in ways that I can't imagine. I, I go back and think of how life was and what we thought the great crises were the day in the 1970s well, the biggest crisis of the day was Nixon's impeachment possibility and oil prices and gas lines. Now I look at today, I see this, and I'm going to try to avoid politics. I don't want to even ever be accused of taking sides because it's not my place in the ministry to, quote, take sides. My job is to preach righteousness right from wrong. But look at the level of the political discourse going on in our country today. A lot of what I'm seeing, I'm finding virtually unbelievable that all these women are coming out suddenly remembering and having this epiphany that something happened 35 years ago. It's just the, the level of this borderlines on the insane. My people have mastered they understand evil, but they know not good. The lying, the deception that we see in everyday life that has now become acceptable even at governmental levels should have all of us in a, in a state of some kind of fear. I look at where our country has gone in the last eight years in particular. We can talk about a bad economy all day long that we ran into eight years ago. And where did it come from? I knew it was coming back in 2006, and that's why I sold a house that I had in Florida while the getting was good. And a year and a half later, it all crashed. To give you an idea, and think about this, what we've seen in just the last eight years. I had a house that I purchased in 1999 for, eight, let's see, $96,000. Then I, had a, then I had an offer of 150, then the offer of 250. And I sold the house for $250,000 seven years after I bought it for a profit of 100 and some odd thousand. And I thank God for that because that's about how much debt I had for my late wife. So I just had second mortgage that thing to the hill, sold out and cashed out. Then they tried to sell it for 300 and $25,000. And I'm thinking, this is a two-bedroom, two-bath house that was built in 1967 in Venice Gardens, Florida. It's like 1,100 square feet, and it has a small pool that needs to be repaired. But no, it's suddenly worth all this money. 
Well, I got out, like I say, but they never sold her for that kind of money. In fact, I was visiting the area in 2009. I could have purchased that house back in a short sale for $85,000. I almost did. I considered it. That's less than I paid for it before. And I sold out of it once. So we've seen this kind of economic up and down, but we kind of accept it now. So look at the other bizarre things that have happened in the last eight years, where we have gone. I think about that, that couple out in Oregon that had a nice little business, Melissa's Bakery. They're the ones that got sued because of their faith. They would not, they would not make a, a wedding cake for a same-sex marriage. They just couldn't do it. Not that they had ever denied that same person cakes before, but for something that goes against their faith, they, they had an issue. And they were polite. They even went out of their way to recommend those that would help them in that regard to do the cake. They just couldn't do it. The state of Oregon should be embarrassed for pursuing them relentlessly and extracting without a judge or a jury a $135,000 fine. Put them out of business. That's the power of the state. No judge, no trial, no jury. Just the power of a government saying, this is what we do today. This is just the beginning of what I see happening in this country. We as Christians are quickly going to become the minority. Very quickly, if, we not, if we're not already. The real Christians are going to be the ones that are going to face persecution. Those that are enjoying their faith will be the first to leave like rats off a sinking ship when things go bad. They're not going to stay in their churches. And so I, I look at what St. Paul writes. Here's the other part of the theme. He goes, I know the time of my departure comes soon. And he talks about his ministry. He talks about the persecution. He talks about what he's gone through. He talks about what he's seeing happening in his day. And we're seeing some of the same patterns repeating themselves today. The Roman Empire, by the time of St. Paul, was beginning its decadent slide that within a couple of few hundred years just completely wiped it out in terms of being a power. But there was already beginning. The corruption was already there. The seeds of, you know, we know how to do evil. We, don't, we just don't understand good. That's why we are God's stupid children, because we don't understand right from wrong. And now we have a government and we even have church bodies that celebrate sin and condemn good. I don't get it. But I know it means the time for us is growing short. Very short. There are three things that I believe, and I'm going to quickly go through these, that we need to understand. This is going to be the takeaway point from the message today. I don't want to go too long. Number one. The world is becoming, if it already, or the world has always been hostile to the faith, but now it can do it more openly and empowered by our own government to back them up. When you have a unnamed candidate 
that is telling the Roman Catholic Church in particular that they need to change their ways and their thinking and their theology to be more in line with today's mental thought process, that to me is scary. When Christians that are, shall we say, fundamental in their faith, Bible believers, they're openly ridiculed by political parties today, that should be a concern for all of us. Even if I don't agree with somebody's interpretation of things of faith, it's not the business of the government to be the arbitrator of who is right and wrong. St. Paul always says that our things between brother and brother or brother and sister or whatever should be handled by the church and not by the state to begin with, but we seem to defer to them for too much, for too much. I'm at a point in life that I'm at a crossroad, and I like being at this crossroad. For a number of years, my ability to speak, preach, teach, pastor has been limited. It's called life, the things you have to do. But the doors have changed. There are, there are new doors that have opened. And, and I realize that I'm going to spend the last years of my productive life doing more of God's work and proclaiming the message you're hearing me say today. I want to be able to use the talents that God has given me to train others to also teach, preach, and share that gospel. Because I understand that the day is going to come that the church as we understand it today, as we see it today, is going to go through a shift. You're either going to be a big church on board with the humanistic norm, or you're going to be the persecuted minority. You know, God has always had a remnant church. Always. Even, look at Israel. There are always some faithful in Israel. But they would, as a large body, depart. I mean, how fast you had, had Brother Moses up there getting the Ten Commandments. He's only gone for how many days? And they are building an idol to worship? The majority, not, not the minority, the majority. So it goes to show how fickle we can be in our faith. We are living in a very different time. And I don't think that any one of us 20, 30 years ago, my grandparents would have never envisioned, they've been gone from this earth for over 20 years. I don't think they would have ever envisioned a world like we have today even being possible or plausible. My parents are gone, and my father passed away 2002, and for him, the events of 9-11 were something that just blew him away. Today, we've forgotten about it, and we've moved on. What a world we live in. Our attention spans short. We just hit the news cycle for 24 hours, and we just are fed and fed all this information and we try to live our life day by day. Yeah, the time of our departure, as St. Paul says in his, his lesson to Timothy, is, is, it, is coming soon. And he kind of talks about those that, you know, when 
things got rough for St. Paul, they kind of, you know, fed, faded away into the background. I call that, you know, the tenebrae of, of St. Paul. If anybody is familiar, on, we do a service quite often on Good Friday called the Tenebrae Service. When Jesus is being crucified, and as evening is coming, one by one by one, the apostles slipped into the shadows. The Tenebrae Service is about those that, even with all they had seen, even with all that they had witnessed with their own eyes, they fell into the darkness and to the fear, and they hid in the shadows. It took, they lived in fear for three days. They hid in an upper room, not knowing the room that they had had. They didn't know what to do. They didn't expect this. Then Jesus appeared in their midst and said, peace be with you. We are the church that has to make the decision. Are we going to disappear into the shadows? Or are we going to be that last vestige standing holding that little light? How many remember that Sunday school hymn, This Little Light of Mine, I'm going to Let It Shine? My, light, my little light may not be bright enough to light up a room. And yours may only be bright enough to light up the little corner where you're at. But as we stand together, each holding our little light, then we can give light in the darkness. We can begin to show the truth. And sharing that truth may cost us our friends. Sharing that truth may cost us job opportunities. Sharing that truth may make us the brunt of jokes and ridicule. But I'd rather be known as the one that understands good and is not the one that has mastered evil. And that's what I'm asking this church and all those that are hearing this message today to decide where do you stand in all of this? Are you going to work to get along with the world or are you going to proclaim to the world the glory of the name of Jesus? You know, the funny thing is the world may be laughing today the world may be mocking us today. The world may have its way today. The world may shut down a bakery in Oregon today. The world may shut down hundreds of more bakeries and businesses for the same reason tomorrow. But the day will come. And this, remember I've read the back of the book, we win. The day is going to come when the Bible has proclaimed that at the name of Jesus, every knee in heaven and on earth will bow. There's even a hymn to that effect. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Every tongue confess him king of glory now. I will serve my Lord. I don't care how humble of a ministry it has to be. 
I'm not going to be looking for the accolades of men. I'm not going to try to be one of these prosperity preachers. Yeah, give me a 10-year head start. I probably could do something like that, but I couldn't live with myself if I did. We have too many of these cathedrals of people that are out there living the multi-million dollar life. And I'm thinking of some that, I, that I'm not going to name names, you know, like this one guy, great speaker, sounds all good, has that 95% truth, but that 5% leaven that destroys it. He lives in his 36,000 square foot parsonage and has his own jet. I don't want to be among that group. Really, I don't. I want to be the one that is found faithful. And I hope that you want to be found faithful as well. Heavenly Father, we know we are living in a very changing world. And sometimes, yes, in the flesh, it is scary. It is worrisome. It is troublesome. No matter what part of the world you live in, whether it's in the Western Hemisphere, the United States, Canada, Europe right now is seeing unrest. Everywhere there's the beginning of unrest, this season of change. And Lord, I would pray that by your Holy Spirit, you will guide us and take us through all of these challenges that we see. Give us the courage and the conviction of your Holy Spirit to stand steadfast in this changing world and to be counted among the faithful. For this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.
can't help but think what a good thing it is that the church's one foundation is not its preachers or its teachers or its theologians or its buildings or its programs or its denominations. The church's one and singular foundation is Jesus Christ our Lord. We've all heard the parable about building a house upon the sand. We need to be building on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. And we're coming into an age of a great falling away. Even entire church bodies have abandoned the faith once delivered and have cursed God to his face. They've abandoned the faith. And they have now believed a lie delusionally. They've been given over to delusion unto their own, the Bible says it clear, unto their own damnation. Today's woke social justice church is not a church. It's not a body of believers in Christ. It's an abomination under God. We're going to spend some time, maybe Friday and later next week, in the book of Revelation. And I think we need to understand where we are at. There's a lot that can be said. Whether we're coming into the Great Tribulation or not is not even an issue to me at this point in time. But there's no doubt that we're coming into a time of very intense tribulation. The world has seen it before. And we better be prepared for such a time. That's one reason I want to add additional programs on the weekend that are purely, purely a gathering of Christ's people together to to study from God's Word, to pray together, to worship together for those that have no other way. It'll be online and on radio. Now, if you believe in this endeavor, and we're going to talk a lot more about it Friday, would you consider making a check payable to Ancient Word Radio? Ancient Word Radio. The mailing address is Post Office Box 510. Post Office Box 510. The city is Chilhowee, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chilhowee, Virginia, and the zip code in Chilhowee, Virginia is 24319. That's 24319. By the way, if you prefer, you can even go to our website, truththenumber2ponder.com. We use a Christian crowdsource funding organization called Give, Send, Go, and you can support us from the support tab. Until tomorrow, may God bless you. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder. Shining the light of truth in a darkening world.